Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. We start tonight with how the cost of living for British Columbians has jumped today, for some people quite significantly. A number of rate increases, including BC Hydro, have kicked in. And as our Grace Key reports, the first place you're likely going to notice that price hike is at the gas pump. It's no joke. Prices at the pumps are now sitting at 155.9 cents a liter. The bump is thanks to an increase in the carbon tax. You're paying an extra 1.2 cents a liter, and it's the first of four annual increases. Were you shocked when you saw the price? Yes. uh, Flabbergasted, I think, would be the word. Gobsmacked. It's crazy. I I think it's going up again later on. He's right. With the switch over from winter to the more expensive summer blend of gasoline, prices are expected to hit $1.60 soon. Premier John Horgan believes British Columbians won't mind paying the carbon tax increase. I don't believe that British Columbians begrudge that penny a litre when they know it's going towards making sure that future generations have an environment that's sustainable and and a world that we can all live in. That's not the only tax they've raised. Hydro fees are going up payroll taxes there, speculation tax. This is not making life affordable for British Columbians. BC Hydro rates have now gone up 3% with the BC Utilities Commission denying the NDP government's request to put a freeze on any hikes. It'll cost more to light up. The tobacco tax has gone up and smokers will now pay $55 just in taxes for a carton of cigarettes. And if you're looking to purchase a home, new home inspection licensing fees go up 36% with businesses expected to pass that down to customers. Everything seems to be hiking up and they've got to cover their butts somewhere and there are just more ways to get more money out of working class people that can't afford to live here anyways. The sin taxes are okay. I think as a Canadian, tax goes towards good stuff. And according to GasBuddy.com, Vancouver has the highest gas prices in the country and the second highest gas taxes behind Montreal. Grace Key, Global News. All right, a weather warning is in effect for anyone traveling to and from the southern interior tonight. Let's bring in our meteorologist, Yvonne Schall, who's got all the details. What do you think, Yvonne? Thanks, Sonia. Uh, if you're traveling along the Kootenay Pass, a snowfall warning is in effect in many areas into the interior. We've got a low that is working its way in. Snow will be heavy at times and accumulating. The following areas, a special weather statement has been issued. We've got the warning in effect for the East Kootenays and stretching in towards the Elk Valley, 10 and up to 20 centimeters. Here's where we are seeing snow fall heavy at times. Southern sections of the Okanagan, the Shuswap boundary, Kootenay all included within that and along the mountain passes. Here's a current glance on Drive BC for the Kootenay Pass, what it looks like on the Rogers Pass. And if you're traveling, especially along the Paulson Summit for Highway 3, a significant amount of snow. The totals, once again, will see the highest amounts, especially for the Kootenay Pass, ranging between 10 and up to 20 centimeters. Along the Coquihalla, 5 and up to 15 for most areas. 
areas in the Rogers Pass ranging between 5 and 10 centimeters. It'll ease off, especially as we get in towards the morning on our Monday. I'll have more on that and your long-range forecast coming up. Sonia? All right, we'll see you a bit later on. Thanks very much for that. Uh, West Vancouver police are on the hunt for two robbery suspects after they arrested two others last night. Officers were stopping and searching vehicles along Highway 1 eastbound near the Taylorway exit last night, bringing traffic to a standstill. Uh, police say it all started around 7 yesterday evening when a person was robbed in the lower Caulfield area. A global viewer sending this video of a heavily armed officer taking part in a roadblock. The search led to two suspects being taken into custody. Police say two others remain at large. It's believed the suspects and victim uh, do know each other and that the victim was targeted. Questions tonight about why the city of Burnaby isn't more bear aware. A number of open trash bins have been left at a local park, which is a real problem because of a young black bear that's been seen in that area. Paul Johnson reports. Up close with nature, it's the great beauty of our region's parks. But it's not just families with kites that are drawn to them. This park to me is a wildlife trap. Burnaby's Chris McRae says the city-owned garbage cans in Charles Rummel Park and the mess associated with them amount to a death sentence for a young male black bear who's become so conditioned to feasting on trash that he likely skipped hibernation this winter. We've actually given it a taste for garbage by leaving the smorgasbord here. The sad result is this. Traps set out in the park by conservation officers to capture and then kill the bear, as he's become far too habituated to humans and their waste. This bear was around when he should have been hibernating. Christine Miller is with the North Shore Black Bear Society. 18 bears had to be killed just on the North Shore last year for similar reasons. She says the Burnaby bear has been well known this winter through reports she's followed on the internet. It's very dangerous to have, to the bear, to have uncovered garbage cans in a park. Municipalities have a responsibility to make sure that the garbage cans are in a way, in, placed in a, an appropriate locations. While there's a regrettable number of black bears that have to be killed every year in the lower mainland, she believes the situation is actually improving as people become more conscious and more bear-proof garbage cans like these are put into use. As for this hungry bear, conservation officers told Global News that after 10 days they failed to catch him and they've taken the trap out for the time being. But it's only a matter of time before he turns up again. As the free buffet deal in Charles Rummel Park is still happening 24-7. The bins are full of food. They're, every bin I've looked in has orange peels, it has takeout wrappers, there's apples, banana peels. It's, they're full of food. Paul Johnson, Global News. And a ban on hunting grizzly bears in B.C. is in effect from today. The province banned trophy hunting last fall in a decision expanded to include resident and non-resident hunters. Now, to help enforce this ban on all grizzly bear hunting, taxidermists and tanners must now report any grizzly bear or, be or parts brought to them within 10 days of receiving them. Those who don't could be fined $230. Taxidermists and tanners can still work on legally possessed grizzly bear parts from outside of BC, all those collected before uh, the grizzly hunt was closed. 
Now, the Easter Bunny, of course, is a big part of this long weekend. But this year, rabbit disease has forced the Greater Vancouver Zoo to cut back on the whole experience. The zoo's bunnies are in quarantine due to the spread of rabbit hemorrhagic disease in B.C. With stringent biosecurity measures in place for the safety and security of everybody, it is... Hands off the bunnies. The zoo's rabbits are for live viewing only. No touching or petting is allowed at this time. We do have uh, some of our rabbits in our resident population available on display. So people can still see our resident rabbits. But unfortunately, we are not having interaction with the bunnies that we specifically brought in for our Easter and family farmyard area. Hopefully, we'll keep an eye on what the latest news is about the disease. But hopefully, we'll have the rabbits available uh, in the summer in our farmyard area. Now, as we've reported in the past, the Metro Vancouver board recently gave themselves a golden handshake in the form of a retroactive retirement allowance. At least one of its member municipalities, Port Coquitlam, also voted to hike City Council's annual pay. But when Global News went to record the vote at an open council meeting, our camera was kicked out. Kristen Robinson explains why. All those in favor? Days after the Metro Vancouver Board approved a one-time retirement allowance for departing members. Interesting timing. Port Coquitlam's acting mayor and council voting the next council a pay raise, so the loss of a tax break won't reduce their income. But I think it should be maintained uh, and not eroded as a result of the federal government coming down with a directive. The 2017 federal budget will get rid of the municipal officer's allowance in 2019, a tax exemption that currently allows certain provincial and municipal office holders to receive one-third of their salaries tax-free. I understand the community's frustration as to how this looks, but I feel it is a fair and reasonable decision and I will be supporting I want to hear what people feel about our community and not about how you gave yourself a raise. Opposed? Opposed your Washington and Pollock? The remuneration adjustment passes 4-2. The vote recorded by the city's live stream because Port Coquitlam has a little-known bylaw banning filming at open council meetings without prior notice. That's a different method of recording that is, in our case, not allowed. So no video? I'm sorry? So no video? No. Okay. I've never heard of any other precedent of, of this inside of Canada. We asked the city of Port Coquitlam why this bylaw was enacted in 2015 and if filming at a public meeting had ever put any members of council or the public in danger. But we didn't get any answers. I'm not sure the details on the uh, arrangements as to why there have been problems with it in the past. There's some serious questions that need to be asked of the Port Coquitlam Council as to why they don't want to have media cameras coming in during open public meetings in City Hall. The city did tell us that it will be clarifying the bylaw at a subsequent meeting to make filming allowed, subject to not blocking the view of others. And yes, as per the rules, we will notify the mayor and council ahead of time so our cameras can roll. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Firefighters in Burnaby kept busy overnight, dealing with two incidents a short distance away from each other. A vehicle ended up on its side in the ditch on Marine Drive near Burn Road. The driver was trapped inside, forcing fire crews to cut the vehicle apart to rescue him. The man has serious injuries, but is said to be in a stable condition. A tree was seen lying across part of the road at the scene. So far, no word on what caused that crash. 
Uh, the patient was removed from the vehicle. He was fully restrained by his seatbelt the entire time. He was in good condition, conscious, and uh, stable, uh, leaving with BCAS transferred to a medical facility. Also getting details on how a garage caught fire on a residential property in the 7700 block of Willard Street just after midnight. The fire was reported as a two alarm, but crews were able to quickly knock this out uh, from the outside. No one was hurt and the fire didn't spread to the main house. No word on what sparked this fire. People were living in the home at, at the front of the property. They believe that the fire started on the outside. Uh, we have no... Uh, we have no ways to determine that as yet, but certainly the investigators will look into that issue. Also hearing about how the roof on a popular Vancouver brew pub went up in smoke last night. Firefighters called to the Big Rock Urban Brewery on West 4th and Alberta Street at around 11 p.m. This is after 911 calls about flames on the roof. Crews managed to stop the fire from spreading into the Mount Pleasant Brewery, which was closed at the time. Crews say waterproof material on the roof somehow caught fire. The blaze was doused with minimal damage. Now, we've all seen those overflowing garbage cans of empty paper coffee cups and empty pizza boxes. Now, the city of Vancouver is proposing some pretty radical ideas to try and end that, including banning foam cups and containers and paying to use takeaway containers. Tanya Beja has more. Organic meals are on the menu at this commercial drive cafe. The focus here isn't only on how the food is sourced, but also how it's served. Uh, you have to practice what you preach. So you can't just uh, offer healthy food, but then go and offer styrofoam. We'll just package it in one of these jars. Staff at Eternal Abundance have a zero-waste approach to business, serving drinks in reusable glass jars and takeout food in biodegradable containers. It's, it's more money, but then if you just you can also fold that added cost into the price of something um, because you're offering that, that kind of additional value. It's a model Vancouver is hoping other companies will consider. The city released its draft strategy on reducing single-use items. It proposes a ban on styrofoam cups and takeout containers and calls on businesses to diminish their use of disposable cups and plastic bags by either charging more for them or discontinuing their distribution. Yeah, reducing all the plastic and stuff would be great. I've seen some places where there is an emphasis on at least having biodegradable containers uh, and encouraging customers to bring uh, their own containers as well. Would you do that? Yep. Yep. But I think maybe instead of starting with takeout, you can start with larger companies like Amazon, for instance. I get boxes and boxes all the time. Vancouver launched a public education campaign last fall, letting consumers know disposable cups make up more than 20% of litter on city streets. Together with takeout containers, they're responsible for half the garbage in public bins. And so what we're trying to do is become a zero-waste community by 2040. So we can't just recycle our way out of this problem, we really need to try to reduce our use of these items. The city is accepting public input on its strategy until April 13th. Tanya Beja, Global News. All right, still ahead on the news hour tonight, taking the Easter egg hunt to the next level. The high-flying idea from Silver Star Resorts making an already fun event even more exciting. Well, exciting, should I say. And a hero's welcome for Olympic gold medalist Kelsey Sterwer as she returned to the slopes of Big White's.
Welcome back. Well, the Salvation Army doing its part to help the less fortunate this Easter weekend. Uh, okay. Just veggies, please. Volunteers serving more than a thousand Easter meals today at the Salvation Army's downtown east side location. Hundreds gathered for the free meal with all the fixings. The Salvation Army says the event is also an opportunity to bring people together and really bring a sense of community. Aside from the fact that uh, in, in the case of those who are coming to our doors, life is, is pretty tough. Uh, having a lot of difficulty making uh, ends meet. We, we serve folks who are uh, you know, in, in, entrenched on the street in, in homelessness, others who are living at or below the poverty line in, in uh, the SROs and apartments around us. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're hearing their stories, but we're also hearing a, a real strong word of thanks. That there's gratitude and they appreciate the opportunity to come, somewhere, come in somewhere warm and safe and have a really uh, nutritious meal that's served with a lot of love. Fans of the Rio Theatre preparing for a marathon campaign tonight to save the East Vancouver building. Preparations well underway this afternoon for the 30-hour telethon. This is all to help keep the 80-year-old cinema going. It was slated to be sold and redeveloped, but staff now frantically trying to fundraise a million dollars by the end of the weekend. There's been an online fundraiser, and on Friday, actor and director Kevin Smith held two concerts which have brought in about $300,000. Basically, you're going to be live streaming. It's a pretty technical setup. We got about 70-something acts. More people are still joining in last minute. Right. And uh, basically, we're just going to have like a basic setup here and then add it as we go and build the show. It's going to be a really fun night. Tickets at the door are 15 bucks, and then uh, it's $30 for like an all-day pass, like two-day pass, yep. which means basically you can come and go as much as you want. Go get dinner, breakfast, go have a sleep, have a nap, come back, and then check out the rest of the show. Now, hundreds of people headed to Big White for a meet and greet with a local Olympic champion today. More than a month after her big win in Pyeongchang, Kelsey Serwer returned to a lot of fanfare. Jules Knox of Global Okanagan reports from the mountain. A hero's homecoming. Ski cross gold medalist Kelsey Serwa returning to her roots at Big White after an Olympic win. It's wonderful to come back to the community, essentially, where it all started for me. I grew up skiing on the slopes of Big White. Um, so to come home and get a welcome like this and essentially get showered by gifts is so unbelievable. And, you know, my heart is full. An unforgettable moment for Kelsey's mom, Terry Sirwa, watching her daughter finish first in Pyeongchang. We still can't believe it. It hasn't really sunk in yet, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 it is a definitely a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And Kelsey's return marks a special moment for her dad, a chance to ski Big White with his dad, who built the hill, and his daughter, who used it as training grounds in a journey that took her to the top of the podium. It's been a big part of our lives, and it's it's very very special place to be. It's just really special, you know. There's a big sense of community here at Big White, a big sense of family, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to be from any place else. Hundreds of young fans anxiously awaiting an autograph from the local athlete who's now a star on the slopes. She's amazing. She's a good skier. She um, she inspires me. Yeah, she's a good person to look up to. She's awesome. <laughs> if I can in turn inspire one of these kids oh, yeah, to follow yeah. their dreams, then that's an amazing accomplishment above and beyond the medal.
Jules Knox, Global News, Big White. What he said, uh, she's awesome. She really is. <laughs> like that little boy. She's just pure awesome. And I, that's the greatest event in the Olympics. It's like a scene, a scene from a James Bond opening, <laughs> you know, the skiing down the mountain. And uh, she was fantastic. So yeah. great for her. Um, that, and there's none of that, of course, now, but plenty of other sport going on. Still a lot going on. Yeah. Not as busy a day for the locals like it was uh, yesterday, but just one week left in the NHL season. So there's a lot of teams uh, going back and forth, uh, trying to either get in the playoffs or jockey for positioning. So we'll have a look at that. And nice, exciting win for the Blue Jays, for all the Blue Jay fans. We had a very tough year last year when nothing seemed to go right. Some stuff went right already, so that's good. We'll have some of that. Uh, so they won't be crying today, then? Not as much. No. Yeah. Um, loads of us were not crying, because I was really worried <laughs> about it raining during the egg hunts. Uh, I was at Van Dusen earlier, and it didn't, so thank you. Yes, a bit of cloud cover. <laughs> it's been nice for the afternoon, especially for the Easter Bunny, everyone that's been out and about. Uh, we are going to see some rain developing or showers for most areas across the south coast. We've got some instability with even the risk of thunderstorms for eastern sections, so it'll be a chance of showers and higher elevations could even see some wet flurries late this evening and overnight. Breaks once again, though, leading in towards our Monday, if you do still have it off. And we are still looking at a significant amount of snow for the interior, so we'll have more on that coming up shortly. All right, Barry and Yvonne in a few minutes then. And also on the news front, a pretty horrifying encounter in Hawaii. A shark knocking a paddleboarder into the water and attacking him. We'll tell you what happened there. Plus... Hudson's Bay Company is investigating a major data security breach at Saks Fifth Avenue. Tell you what's going on there, too. All right, welcome back. Well, the Hudson's Bay Company admitted today that some of its Saks Fifth Avenue stores have been affected by a data breach. The company says since some customer payment card information was breached at Saks Fifth Avenue, Saks Off Fifth and Lord and Taylor stores in North America. They didn't say if any Canadian locations were affected, but so far there's no indication that the breach affects its online shopping or Hudson's Bay and Home Outfitters stores. People are being advised, though, to review their statements, check everything, and make sure there is nothing suspicious on your transactions going on. U.S. President Donald Trump today accused Mexico of laughing at U.S. immigration policies. In an Easter morning Twitter flurry and later at church, the president also suggested he no longer wants to deal with Democrats to renew the Obama-era policy that protects about 700,000 young undocumented immigrants from deportation. President Trump attended Easter church service with his family in Florida, but first talked about the tweets he posted less than an hour earlier. Mexico has got to help us at the border. And a lot of people are coming in because they want to take advantage of DACA. The Democrats blew it. The president declared no more DACA deal on Twitter. Another tweet slammed Mexico's role in securing the border. They must stop big drug and people flows or I will stop their cash cow. NAFTA need wall. But the president's tough talk was not the focus in Washington today. I came uh, to run the Department of Veteran Affairs because I'm committed to veterans and I'm committed to fighting for them. So you were fired? I did not resign. The former Secretary of Veterans Affairs made his first public appearance since being ousted via Twitter. His likely replacement, one of two cabinet nominees waiting for Senate confirmation hearings, while the position of National Security Advisor technically remains open. Senator Ron Johnson has a message for President Trump about firing by tweet. I think the president does need to understand the effect it has on attracting other people. 
And now speculation over another cabinet member. EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt under fire for lavish spending on work trips and renting a bedroom in a D.C. condo from the wife of an energy lobbyist. It just looks so bad and I think it seems that, that he may be on his way out. A woman protesting over the shooting death of a 22-year-old black man in California has been hit by a police vehicle. A warning the following video may be disturbing to watch for some viewers. The demonstrator has been identified as 61-year-old Wanda Cleveland, an activist from Sacramento. She did suffer from some minor injuries. She was among hundreds who were rallying on the streets last night, demanding answers after an autopsy showed the unarmed Stephen Clark was shot by police officers eight times. In Dearborn, Michigan, a 19-year-old woman is suing a local hospital, saying she was physically attacked just for being Muslim. Surveillance video from the emergency room lobby shows the woman who was wearing a hijab being punched by a man. In this recently obtained security footage, you can see a 19-year-old woman wearing a hijab walking into a hospital. After taking a fall on ice, the woman thought she'd broken her jaw and attempted to check herself into the ER. And within seconds, her attacker comes from behind, dealing a repeated left hook to her head, knocking the woman to the ground. Hospital staff and workers immediately restrained the attacker and rushed to the woman's aid. The attacker has been identified as 57-year-old John Salvatore Deliz, who, according to a police report, had harassed other patients throughout the day and had been discharged from the hospital earlier. Beaumont Dearborn Hospital released a statement saying, We take pride in our service to this diverse community and want all patients to feel welcome and safe at Beaumont. The woman is suing the hospital for emotional stress. Her attorney, Majid Mukni, tells CBS News. In this particular case, um, it's very obvious that if this person was causing a ruckus, he was causing a disturbance, he should have, no one, been placed under arrest until the police arrived. DeMarco Morgan, CBS News, New York. A shark bumped a man off a stand-up paddleboard and attacked him in the waters of the big island of Hawaii today. The 25-year-old was in the waters of, off a private community beach, beach near the Four Seasons Hotel. He was about 150 yards offshore and was paddleboarding with his father at the time of the attack. He's now in hospital in a critical condition. That part of the beach has now been closed. It's the first shark attack on the big island since 2015. Christians flock to Jerusalem today to mark Easter Sunday. Hundreds attended Mass at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. The church is believed to be where Jesus Christ was crucified, buried and resurrected. A recent renovation of the tomb of Jesus allows visitors to get a closer look at the 4th century stones of the ancient burial cave. And at the Vatican, Pope Francis has been using his Easter message to call for peace in a world he says is marked by war and conflict. From the balcony of St. Peter's Basilica, the pontiff spoke to a packed square of some 80,000 Roman Catholics. He called for a swift end to the seven years of war in Syria and urged reconciliation in Israel. His remarks coming after the deaths of 15 Palestinian protesters who were charged towards Gaza's border with Israel on Friday, the area's deadliest violence in four years. 
And Britain's Queen Elizabeth and members of the royal family attended an Easter church service at St George's Chapel in Windsor today. Her grandson, Prince William, and his wife, Kate, arrived a few minutes late. She is expecting the couple's third child later this month. Prince Harry and his fiancée, Meghan Markle, were not there. Palace officials saying that their plans this weekend were private. They will be getting married, of course, at St George's Chapel on May the 19th. The Queen's husband, Prince Philip, also didn't attend. The 96-year-old has retired from public duties and isn't seen as much now. We're also getting details on Harry and Meghan announcing today that they have chosen a prominent London florist to design the flower arrangements for their wedding. Philippa Craddock, well-known within the London fashion industry. She's also worked with the designer Alexander McQueen and British Vogue magazine. Uh, she's expected to use white garden roses, peonies and foxgloves to decorate St George's Chapel. So now you know. Yvonne is back with your Easter Monday forecast next and more on that snow that is falling on the interior. Plus, a Chinese space station set to crash into Earth. The problem with this, no one knows where it's going to land. Details coming up. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Well, a lot of people keeping their eyes on the skies for a doomed Chinese space station. Apparently, it is due to crash through the Earth's atmosphere within hours. It weighs nine tons and is about the size of a bus, but is expected to break apart into pieces. Debris could land anywhere along a large portion of the globe, including the U.S. That's slightly freaky to hear. Um, we will get the weather right now with Yvonne. <laughs> kind of strange. It is kind of strange. Uh, but the forecast, however, beautiful today. We managed to squeeze out some breaks. So we are going to see some shower activity pushing in this evening and a significant amount of snow for the interior sections. Here's a shot of English Bay and what we're seeing right now. Temperatures under the airport at six. Uh, southwesterly wind uh, picking up right now at 37 kilometers per hour. We've had very gusty winds that will continue for a few spots into the interior throughout the evening and similar for tomorrow. Eight was the high today. Average for this time of the year sits closer to 12 degrees. I wanted to show you some of the peak wind gusts that we've seen today. This afternoon at the airport up to 46 kilometers per hour. Hope up to 61 to Fino today with a gust of 57 kilometers per hour. Sustained wind right, right now for Victoria at 33 to Fino at 37 but still seeing a gust at 56 and areas near Campbell River with the gusts right now currently at 35 kilometers per hour. Bulk of the moisture and the active weather is for the interior sections. We've got that special weather statement that stretches all the way into the southeastern corners. Eastern Kootenays and the Elk Valley, that's where we're seeing the snowfall warning with anywhere between 10 and up to 20 centimeters this evening and then tapering off by your Monday morning. So if you are traveling along the mountain passes once again, here are some of the numbers and totals that we're anticipating. The heaviest snow will be this evening, up to 15 for Merritt, the connector up to 10 centimeters, Rogers Pass 10, and the Kootenay Pass seeing the highest amounts between 10 and up to 20 centimeters. Easing off, it'll be much easier to travel through the mountain passes as we get in towards the afternoon tomorrow. The Peace minus 7 is the high for tomorrow. A chance of flurries developing late in the day on your Tuesday and then unsettled once again on Wednesday. White Horse underneath a mainly cloudy sky with temperatures sitting at minus 5 tomorrow. Coastal sections, it's unsettled. Showers over the next two days with highs of 5 degrees for the early morning hours. Inland sections tomorrow, 
Could even see a few wet flurries changing over to showers. Caribou and central interior, plenty of sunshine with temperatures at the freezing mark. Tuesday, Wednesday, an increase in cloud cover dry over the next three days. Active weather this evening for the Columbia and Kootenai region. It'll ease off for flurries tomorrow morning, but still an additional two and four centimeters for most areas and then much drier leading in towards your Tuesday and back up to a high of eight degrees. Thompson Okanagan will still see flurries for the morning hours and then a mix of sun and cloud for the afternoon. A high of seven for tomorrow and then a mix of sun and cloud on your Tuesday. Whistler could still see a few flurries overnight tonight. A chance of showers for tomorrow with temperatures sitting up to five degrees and along the island still seeing it very windy if you're by the water. We will see temperatures up to 11 degrees for the southern and eastern sections but it's still a chance of showers this evening and then Metro Vancouver the shower activity that we could see this evening higher elevations we could be expecting a few wet flurries tomorrow we'll start off on a dry note Sonia but then it's by the afternoon and evening that we are looking at a chance of showers and unsettled it leading in towards our Tuesday Wednesday back to you don't mind that at all Yvonne thanks very much at least it's been dry most of this weekend now kids everywhere having lots of fun at a bunch of Easter egg hunts today Here, you want to put those ones in Okay. Van Dusen Botanical Gardens was really popular. It was their 10th annual outdoor egg hunt. This uh, event is always a sellout. Tickets go on sale at the beginning of March. Thousands of children uh, came over the last three days. I'll explain why those kids are running. Silver Star Mountain Resort taking egg hunting to the next level. Uh, the Easter Bunny getting a ride in a chopper to throw out chocolate treats from the air. And as you can imagine, as you can see, the kids racing to pick up those eggs, dropping from the sky. Heaven. <laughs> Coming up, no matter how old you are, everyone, of course, loves a good practical joke on April, April Fool's Day. Uh, we'll take a look at some creative laugh-out-loud pranks that caught our attention. Have you ever dreamed about being a judge on a TV cooking show? Well, you won't want to miss this. Monday on Global News Morning, we'll be talking to one of the judges who gets to taste all that food on Top Chef Canada. A game changer for Vancouver. 18, 20,000 people fill up Rogers Arena. It's going to be crazy. Sort of the Super Bowl of esports. By far the largest prize pool, over $25 million. The biggest esports championship, Monday on Global News Hour at 6. All right, let's get to sport right now with Barry and mm -hmm. uh, thanks for my Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to introduce me as your April Fool, but I'm, I'm glad no, you did. No, not at all. You may think of it. You're not going to say it. You're too classy. You're too classy. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Sonia. Uh, you know, just one more week left in the NHL season and still eight playoff spots to be determined. Eleven teams are still vying for those eight spots, so three will fall short. Plenty on the line for so many teams as they jockey for positioning heading into the Stanley Cup tournament, which we know will not include the Canucks. Two cup contenders. Preds and Lightning met each other tonight in Tampa. First period, Port Moody's Ryan Johansson stops and fires it past Andre Vasilevsky, his 14th, 1-0 Nashville. Second period, Philip Forsberg catches a break here. His shot off a Tampa D-man and through Vasilevsky, 2-0 Nashville. Tampa did get one back. Wasn't one of their big scorers, Andre Palat from the slot. UC Saros got a piece of it, not enough, 2-1 after two. But in the third, Philip Forsberg with a fantastic solo effort. Dances around the defenseman, power move, and then slips it past Vasilevsky. 
23rd of the year. That's why the Preds are a cup contender. Loads of skill throughout the lineup. 4-1 Nashville wins. They lead the league with 113 points. Earlier, Bruins and Flyers. Boston fighting Tampa for first in the East. Flyers very close to clinching a playoff spot. Third period, Nolan Patrick showing his skill going upstairs on Anton Kudobin. 3-1 Flyers. 11th goal for last year's second overall pick. He's played 70 games. Has stayed healthy, much to the delight of the Flyers. Bruins rally, though. David Pasternak on the power play, fires it by Peter Morazic. That one took a bit of a deflection there, 3-2. And then in the dying seconds, Flyers with so many chances to clear, can't do it. And the Bruins make them pay. Patrice Bergeron with his 30th with just 3.8 seconds to go, 3-3. They're headed to overtime, but in OT... Jake Voracek springs Claude Giroux and check out this move. Beautiful deke, roofs the backhander. Flyers with a huge win, 4-3 over the Bruins. Flyers now eight points clear of ninth place Florida, very close to clinching a playoff spot. On the ice right now, Taylor Hall and the Devils taking on the Habs. Jersey starting the day, five points up on Florida. Hall's never played a playoff game. 527 regular season, never a playoff game. Nico Heischer, last year's number one overall pick with the deflection there, ties it at one. And then Hall, who was in the box, comes out. Devils were still short, but what a goal. His 37th, 2-1 Devils very late in the third. That would be another big two points for the Devils. In the West, Avalanche and Ducks fighting each other for a playoff spot. Ducks 93 points, Avs 92, four to play. Alexander Kerfoot right off the faceoff, off a duck and in. That's his uh, 18th, one nothing Avs, but Andrew Cogliano still has great speed. Nice little deep move here, 1-1 late in the first, Ducks and Avs. Last night in the Western League playoffs, Game 5, Giants and Royals from Victoria. Second period, Dawson Holt with the behind-the-back pass. Beautiful blind pass to Bowen Byram to make it 2-0. And then 45 seconds later, it's Byram again. His third goal of the series for the 16-year-old from Cranbrook. Expected to be a very high draft pick in the 2019 draft. 3-0 Giants. Third period, Royals make it interesting. Noah Gregor cuts the Giants' lead to 4-2. But just 82 seconds later, James Malm will score the insurance marker. Giants win at 5-3, lead the series 3-2. They can clinch in Game 6 tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock at the Langley Event Center. Still to come, Sunday action from the English Premiership featuring Chelsea and Spurs. And the Blue Jays look for a season-opening split against the Yankees. Highlights from Toronto when we come back. Monday, it's the new hacking trend sweeping the internet. Cyber criminals infecting thousands of popular sites to hijack your computer and generate millions. That threat, Consumer Matters, Monday on Global News Hour at 6. Welcome back. Well, the Blue Jays 2017 was a disaster. They expected to contend and basically never made it out of the basement of their division. They were so bad. They were only 500 once during the season. That's when they were 0-0. Zero and zero. They always had a losing record. This year, the Jays have made changes, trying to add some speed, be less dependent on straight power. And today, with a win over the very powerful Yankees, could get to 2-2 two and two on the young season, which, of course would take him to 500. Marcus Stroman, first start of the year, limited in spring training because of shoulder soreness, looked good early, gets his fourth strikeout in just two innings, fanning Austin Romine. But the Yankees get to Stroman in the fourth, already two across. 
when Brandon Drury rocked Stroman for a two-run homer to left, hung a curveball, paid the price, 4-1 New York. But then Dustin Smoke took over a career-high 38 homers last year, and he's off to a rockin' start in 2018. A two-run shot, lines it to center to make it 4-3, and then in the eighth, bases loaded, and he does it again. This time gets some air on it, mashes one to center again, a grand slam, Six RBI day for Smoke. Jays gain the split with the very talented Yankees. 7-4 the final this afternoon in Toronto. English Premiership, Chelsea hosting Tottenham at Stamford Bridge. Spurs hadn't won there since 1990. Chelsea in a desperate fight with Spurs for the fourth and final Champions League spot. Blues began the day five points back, could cut it to two. Started out all right. Alvaro Morato with the header made it 1-0, but just before half, Christian Eriksen with a thumper from 30 yards out. That pumped up Spurs, deflated Chelsea. It was one all at the half. Spurs, though, take over in the second half. Deli Ali gets behind the Chelsea back line. One touch and a beautiful execution from Ali. 2-1 Chelsea and just a few minutes later, Spurs put this one to bed. And again, it's Deli Ali. Mayhem in front. Cooley puts home his second of the match. 3-1 the final. It took Spurs 28 years to win again at Stamford Bridge. They picked a great time. Now eight up on Chelsea for fourth place in that last Champions League spot. Arsenal and Stoke. Gunners will not make the Champions League. They're languishing in sixth. 13 points back of fourth place Tottenham. But a rare day of joy for Arsene Wenger's group. Pierre Embrick, Aubameyang, second of the match, scored earlier from the spot. And another penalty, Alexander Lacazette. 3-0 Arsenal, 6th place, 13 points back of Spurs with 7 to play. They could possibly catch Chelsea for 5th. Final round now of the Houston Open. 42-year-old Ian Poulter looking for his first ever stroke play win in North America. Has won two match plays here. Birdie putt gave him a three-shot lead on the back, but young Bo Hostler, who's from Texas, playing with Poulter in the final group, went on a birdie binge, made four in a row to take the lead, including this one on 14. 18th hole, Poulter has to make this from 20 feet to force a playoff. So much pressure, but he comes through, and he is pumped, bringing back those glory days from Ryder Cups gone by for Poulter. First playoff hole, Hostler in the bunker, catches it thin, and it's in the water. We've all done that, just not on national TV in a PGA playoff. Poulter taps in for his par in the win. First victory of any kind for him in six years, and now he gets into next week's Masters, which starts Thursday at Augusta National. LPGA major, the ANA inspiration from Palm Springs, used to be known as the Dinah Shore. There's a statue of Dinah. Still a major on the LPGA Tour, Jessica Corda, whose dad, Peter Corder, used to be a tennis pro on the ATP Tour. Her and her sister doing great things. Uh, holes out for Eagle at the ninth. They both are on the LPGA Tour. And then she holes out again from the bunker at the 14th. Posted 14 under, but that was only good enough for a tie for fourth. Three players got it to 15 under, including Sweden's Pernilla Lindbergh, who got into the playoff thanks to that putt. Inby Park and Jennifer Song. All three still in the playoff. They're on the second hole. Still looking for a winner. We'll update you at 11. All right. There's a load of April Fool's jokes that uh, we've kind of rounded up our favorites. Uh, We'll show you those after this break. 
All right, and finally tonight, we're going to mention April Fool's Day pranks and a few police agencies and cities across Canada having a bit of fun today. Eyes up! Eyes up! Eyes up! Eyes up! <laughs> Abbotsford Police announcing a new distracted driving unit currently in training to crack down on distracted pedestrians and drivers. BCRCMP also tackling distracted driving from the air with a winged partner, the Royal Canadian Mountain Pigeon. Uh, this one from the Victoria Police Canine Unit introducing a new member, the uh, Police Bunny PSD Hops. PSD Hops, who specializes in tracking and jumping fences. <laughs> Going to show you this one. Port Moody announcing a new toilet flushing restriction bylaw in effect April 1st. In order to reduce water usage, even numbered addresses can flush Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday mornings and evenings. Odd numbered uh, addresses can flush on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sundays during the same hours. South of the border, Sound Transit in Seattle unveiling the prototype for its triple decker bus. And this, the Hamilton, Hamilton Police Mounted Unit offering its horses up for bedside visits to patients in hospital. <laughs> I think, the, I think the flushing restriction really is in, uh, in, in in Russia. I think that is true. Is it true? No, Do you have to kind of hold yourself? They always have things with days? toilet paper there lining up for stuff. <laughs> maybe that would be there you one go. for them. Maybe. Don't go to Russia. Yeah. Um, and in terms of weather, a quick word. Uh, from uh, a chance of showers this evening, wet flurries for higher elevations, a few breaks tomorrow morning, and then the next round of showers will push in late data. Russian people don't get mad at me. I like it. It's a good place to go. <laughs> Just kidding. Happy Easter from all of us. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.